This program is in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. Don't miss the call. Join the revolution of the evolving perspective of an awakened consciousness. Are you ready? Join the community at openandclear.com. Yeah, technology, geez, not for me today. Beware of false prophets, 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 which come to you in sheep's clothing. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into driver's temptation. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may ye shall know them by their fruits. Entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven. Is Reverend Devon Divine a false prophet? For let not that man think that he shall receive anything. Sent here to Lord. lead us astray. A doubting, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. But the rich or is he a spiritual teacher who can guide us to the path of freedom? I'm Dr. Mark. Come with me and partake of his fruit of knowledge. Thereof falleth and the grass of the fashion and decide for yourself. Then when the lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we shall be. Welcome to another episode of False Prophet. This is Dr. Mark here with Reverend Devin Devine on this October 2nd episode. Mm-hmm. How are you, Devin? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing pretty good. It's October now. Yeah, what's up with that? It just mm-hmm. keeps moving. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> my response every time. It's funny. So how's it going over there? Across the pond. Pretty good. I don't know Pretty if we nice have down. a delay going on today or not, but uh, okay. Pretty good. <laughs> it's a big pond. Can you hear me? It's a big pond, it is. Yeah, I can hear you. I just think it has some sort of delay. I don't know what it is. That's okay. We can work with it. 
<laughs> Fair enough. It's probably me. I, I'm just slow. It takes a little while for it to register that you're talking. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just preempt what you say. And it would say, and I'll answer it in advance. Sounds good. Let's see if that works. Huh. So this week, um, I came up with something new. I got a fountain pen a little while ago. Somebody yeah. sent me. And I'm like, ooh, fountain pen, it's so cool. And so I sat down, and it wasn't to write. It was to write with a fountain pen. So I didn't have anything <laughs> to say. I just wanted to write because I had my new toy. <clears throat> and since then, I've just been writing for the sake of writing. Like, hee, isn't this so cool? I have a fountain pen. <laughs> and as I've been doing that, like, thoughts have been coming to my head and just coming out. And I was like, wow, that's really yeah. profound. And I do it again <laughs> and again and again. Cool. So I've I've decided recently I'm going to start writing my own scriptures. <laughs> oh, false prophet. I know, right? <laughs> That's all they are, you know, someone's journal. You know, oh, this happened and I called upon God and this and that and war and rumor of war. And <laughs> right. right. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. I think it's very inspiring. I I personally think there should be some way of putting it out into the public because others will be inspired by it as well. So I know we, you can start posting them to the blog. We have a blog. <laughs> start writing it up. Yeah. Chapter talk. one, verse three. And as for me, it's been you know recording. So this is how I do it, this, and I share it, and I find that knowing people are listening for one and the willingness to just speak even as you're saying just right uh it it starts coming out you know you start tuning into something that's attempting to teach you and your willingness to not know what you're going to say or not knowing you know any uh goal of what you're trying to achieve in in the statement or anything and you're just you're really turning it over to a presence that does know and that's right. say the spirit and that's what i've been trying to learn more lately is <clears throat> how to let that flow yeah and to just trust what comes out you know yeah it's perfect you're on that path of learning it just like everyone really is in some fashion it's kind of the means of what the purpose of the body and the personality of the body is about thinking that we don't have it and so we're coming to know and coming to learn coming to grow and expand it's enjoyable it's a fun ride it's kind of a trick though because like being able to trust what you put down <clears throat> when you're in that moment of just kind of having it flow you know yeah. You're just writing down whatever thoughts come into your mind and to be able to trust that free association. It's like, yeah, but is this real or is this just me yeah. putting words down randomly? Yeah, am I just crazy or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. And and as much as you doubt it, everybody else would doubt it as well. But then when you are confident in it, you'll find others that are confident in it. But you're, that's a learning process, you know, you're learning to be confident in it, learning to recognize something, you know, as I s say about faith, 
You know, it's those who really are willing to see something that is not evident, not there, that will find evidence of it. They will start to see it. Which is some psychological thing, trick that it plays both ways, of not seeing it and seeing it. So, it's interesting because I'm trying to, I've always thought you have to know what you think or feel or something before you can start talking about it. You have to get ready and prepare. But the more I find that I don't have anything preconceived, I don't know what message I'm going to say or something, and I just start talking. Then things come out, and I'm like, wow, that was really smart. It had nothing to do with what I thought I was going to start writing about, but... My yeah. train of thought led to this thing, and I start having these big aha moments, and I say, "Wow, that's really yeah. interesting." Yeah, where'd that come from? Yeah, it's remarkable on what you find out you're capable of, you know, when you have no idea that you're capable of it. <laughs> right. But yeah, it is that you're opening up to that presence that does know, you know. There's this prayer in A Course of Miracles that talks about how you don't need to be worried about what to say or what to do or where to go, mm-hmm. for the one who sent you will direct you, and mm-hmm. he'll give you what to say, he'll give you what to do, as much as you know, you're know you necessary. All you have to do is focus on representing it and just being there to represent it. So willingness to speak... You don't know if it's going to be represented in good or bad. You're not concerned with that. So it's naturally the right thing. It's naturally. You don't you're not concerned about it being profound, wise or or lack of wisdom or stupid or something. So it's naturally mind-altering. Like it's naturally <laughs> you know profound. You're not concerned with it. It's funny how this lines up with today's Tao Te Ching verse again. (laughs) Every time. It's like, live without the thoughts of holiness or the wiser, and you'll find happiness is natural for everyone. Oh, wow. Live without thoughts of morality or justice, and everyone around will naturally live in harmony. Live without thoughts of gain or profiting, and no one around you will feel unsatisfied. And then it kind of gets into another approach of how A Course in Miracles, and a lot of people read it when it says uh, something about giving up attack thoughts, and that uh, you can see a world of peace if you give up attack thoughts. And you think it's just mm-hmm. talking about negative thoughts, right? Although. Mm-hmm. An attack involves a war of some sort. So there's a victim and a victimizer. And so it's really speaking about opposition. And say, give up thoughts of opposition and you'll naturally live and see a world in peace. I was was reading a verse somewhere, Luke 21, 14. It says, settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer. (laughs) Because I've always thought like, okay, in the moment when you need to 
say something profound or do something or act, that it would be given to you and that's fine. But I always thought, you know, you, you got to have an idea of what you're going to do leading up to it. But this verse says, don't even like keep it out of your head. Keep your mind clear. Don't have expectations and be flexible and let this just occur. Yeah. Stop making judgments about, well, I want to say the right thing and not the wrong thing. I want to say something good and not bad. Something profound and not stupid. Yeah. Yeah. While there would be like a period of kind of processing and undoing of what we think, uh, it it would naturally, if you're not concerned if it's the right thing to say or the wrong things to say, it would naturally involve this thing kind of an, an idea of confession because your mind's focused on something and as it's focused on something it will you'll find that if i'm not filtering out what i should be talking about it would be talking about what i'm focused on but the focus will change naturally but while you're obsessed with it and usually hiding it like it's a sin or something <laughs> then you see can't see past it you can't grow you can't expand because you're obsessed so this mm-hmm. naturally letting yourself speak and letting yourself write or in whatever fashion and say it will naturally involve expressing and exposing of things that you thought you could keep private. But that's only a temporary condition, a temporary time in your life where then soon you'll find that there was never anything kept private at all. It was only my attempts to suppress myself it had nothing to do with why I, or what I wanted to suppress. It was just an, a reason to be lesser than my full totality. Because you're afraid that your your private areas will be revealed, yeah. made public. Yeah, it's like the, those erroneous zones that we keep <laughs> to ourselves that we just actually are our form of expansion like we think it's a negative place we think it's problematic or in the way and we're screwing it up because we think it's about the images they use you know oh i did this or i want to do that or whatever and once we do that once we expose those things that's what's so great about confession is it loses its power because its power was the privacy of of what it is it has nothing to do with what it is like it was just mm-hmm. hey you're you're private and separate and alone here and you're the only one that hears these thoughts <laughs> <laughs> and that's the pri- that's the power it has it, it really has no power when you have no privacy when you let it all go and expose now then you can move on it's like that enemy within is only using your fears against you to maintain its status of death which inevitably will lead to death instead of actually what it what it says it will achieve by eternal life oh you have to hide these things so that you can have eternal life or you can live forever really it's giving you the exact opposite the idea that you're separate and alone in a physical body and will die there is no there are no private thoughts in in the spiritual universe so in order to experience the spiritual universe you have to think in cahoots and con- with it you know actually to be in to whatever experience it <laughs> yeah i was thinking like this idea i'm like i'm just going to write down 
words, profound revelation to Mark Rice. But the voice in my head is like, no, that's stupid. Like, that's just you. Yeah. And you're just going to say things you end up wanting to hear, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but that's what I do. I want to hear these things. Why is that wrong? <laughs> yeah, it's not wrong. And you find that some things will be more profound than others. And you learn, you know, just like anything, that when you're looking for the answer in that, it's not going to be there anymore. And you're, you're actually shaping and shifting as well. So you're learning how to follow this guidance and this profundity in this experience that it has nothing to do with a specific way or form or words, but that you're joining with that big mind aspect and that guidance aspect that really is continually moving along. And you're pretty much just hitching a ride on this learning process, this growing process, instead of trying to maintain something mm. which is very contradictory to the world but I mean all religion really is mm -hmm. once you find the source of truth you can't hold on to it yeah yeah you want you always looking for yeah once you grab anything you know oh there's the truth oh I grab it now you only got part of it <laughs> <laughs> you can only grab parts yeah, that is interesting. Even in the verse that you were talking about, it's not to think certain thoughts, but to like unthink thoughts. To go back to a place of not knowing, being open. Yeah. Yeah, that we develop the world by thinking new ways of thoughts, new ideas. And so the whole fact for commandments, let's say, to be in place is because we already developed and had reasons of these commandments. To, to then process like thou shall not steal for an example we already had this idea of keeping mine 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 and now all of a sudden people stealing is once mine 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 too the second part of that verse was the world is a reflection of where you are a trained mind that remains focused on its source allows everyone to take their course finding that it all naturally falls into place and that's kind of the idea is that it's not so much about the specifics about what this is saying, as even though that's true, uh, to give up those type of thoughts, but that it is a reflection of the occurrences in which is the condition of your mind. And, even, and we got really deep today in that. It's pretty good. Not saying that we can't right now either. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> So how do you how do you stay focused on the source then and not get distracted by other things? Well, it is a practice and especially along this line of practice, you think it's about one thing and then it's not. So it's a little tricky <laughs> because you think often it's very common that you think it's about correcting the body's actions and person. And uh really like to not have thoughts of holiness or wiser uh, it means Oh, I, I shouldn't act holy or I shouldn't act good. Uh, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't try and do the right thing. Uh, that's not what it's talking about. It, it's, it's not talking about specifics. It's talking about that you will experience the reflection of it. Uh, like you're, it, just because you're trying to be good doesn't mean you're going to see good in the world only. It's, you're going to see evil as well because it consists of this knowledge of good and evil. It comes in the whole package. So it's it's to mm. 
not have a definition of that. So as far as the practice is like, we think that often it is a, a correction of the body and we usually go into this suppression type idea of lack of response, lack of emotion. And so you see a lot of spiritual people taking vows of silence and and stuff and, and their attempts to to actually escape by but unfortunately when when you do such a vow of silence you'll find that your mind gets louder and the world gets louder and everything gets louder as you're getting quieter and it's, so it's in the <laughs> same sense it's not really about uh, actually doing anything different but it, it does seem while you're practicing to achieve something when you do master it it's no longer uh, you know any sort of a, a, a journey as an evolving understanding uh, it's naturally now when you do have an eye, a single eye to the glory of God for this metaphor is that when you know you're no longer concerned if for me is if Devin's doing good things or bad things or right things or wrong things and it just naturally does what is right it just naturally unfolds loving experiences uh, I'm not concerned with it uh, gaining or profiting off of this and so it naturally has no desire to be stealing from people and and threatening people and it's like the same thing if I have no concern about if my person Devin is dying or gonna die I'm not going to feel threatened by anyone and so it's mm. it's it is as far as the beginning of it, it does seem like a training uh, because we think it's talking about the person as in Devin's personality, but it's actually talking about a greater aspect, a bigger mind than what Devin has to offer or the percentage he's aware of. And in in the same sense, it's you know it's not about what the body or the all the physical world shows you uh, or the spiritual world shows you in the spirit body. And it's not any of that. That's all representing where this big mind is aware of. And in the original interpretation of this that I edited from, it says, stay in the center of the, f of the circle in, instead of staying focused on its source. And to, to that means, as far as using that explanation, it's very metaphorically. It's like, what circle are you talking about? What's you know, And you get this <laughs> idea of the Buddha. He used to... Uh, as far as Gautama, yeah, yeah, that's the right name, I think. Anyway, uh, he used to, people would come up to ask him, uh, how can I be enlightened? I want to do it the fastest route. I want to get there right right away. He drew a, draws a circle around him and says, never leave this spot ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think of that with the circle idea. And it's like, it, it, you have to transcend everything you know in order to obey that and disobey that you have to transcend mm. the whole idea of a body of a person not just a soul transcending uh, experience like a teleportation or what's the word uh um, body out out of body okay whatever it's called i don't know astral projections yeah though. there you go that's that's a word uh, <laughs> you know and not even just that but the recognition of a reality that's beyond all worlds beyond all circles beyond all bodies staying in it in order to recognize freedom i mean it, liberation it's funny how someone teaching such liberation 
has no problem with confining himself to specific characteristics and laws and, and even cir circles and prisons types ideas. It's it be, being liberated. It doesn't, it's not concerned with where the body's at or what prison it's in or in mm -hmm. any circumstance or condition. I look at that and I see <clears throat> like let go of the ideas of good and evil and stuff like that. And I'm like, Hey, that's cool. But then there's this voice in my head that says, yeah, but if you just wander freely in the world, you're going to wander and do bad stuff. You have yeah. to constantly be watching bad so that you can run away from it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear the same voice and it's, <laughs> it's that attempting to have that power over you and, and saying that, you know, you're not naturally loving you're naturally evil in fact you were mm. born sinful mm. so and if you it, leave it up to your natural instincts you'll just drift towards being evil you have to run away yeah that's what it says and, but it's <laughs> not true I mean, it's like if you have no idea of this good and evil you're finding that you're naturally make the right decisions of naturally being love you know at, certain times even like that undoing process that seems to be a period of confession for an example you might go through mm -hmm. circumstances that that someone would say is evil or or that you're breaking rules or commitments that you've made and stuff like that so you you see that you're you're attempting to process and figure out what this is still having this war in your mind uh, you know, telling you, oh, you're doing so bad. And, and really, you just want to forgive all of that, forgiving and letting it all go. Uh, but you'll find that it just naturally, naturally does the right thing. And, you know, that's not to say you're, you're not going to be happy or sad. And it really, it's a training of not being concerned what the body's doing, not being mm -hmm. concerned of how it seems to be representing itself. You're completely detaching from that. You're coming to an, a recognition of something that is in, enjoying whatever the the Devon is doing or whatever the Mark is doing. You know, a Devon does what a Devon does. I'm not concerned with with it. You know. <laughs> That's a different way of thinking, though. Rather uh, than saying, if I run out of pain, I can run to happiness. You're always trying to outrun something or run towards something instead of just letting everything happen and let it be what it is. Yeah, it's it's tricky. And, you know, even that idea of letting it as letting it be as it is, you know, letting it you know, just it is what it is can be used properly. But at the same time, you know, it can it can be used as a technique of the mind trying to say you can't do anything about this you know and while the body might not be able to do anything about it which might be true that's all that that voice is identifying with as the reality so there's it's the attempts and the willingness to be identifying with something beyond body beyond body's mind and the the actual reality of that which is responsible in which all the conditions even the body conditions have derived from so this is often referred to as prayer and that we're praying mm -hmm. to god but we usually think of this god character as someone outside of us 
but it's really this union of an alternate dimension, which to the body would be outside of us, but it is this actual uh, <laughs> source in which it all has derived from. So, so while you're thinking you're a separate little body, prayer to a god is perfectly noble and acceptable, uh, but it's the same one god that responds regardless of what you call it, regardless of, of how you think of it. And it's, it's creating that circumstance in which all is reflecting from it. So your union, your coming to and uniting with it, whether in prayer of separation or prayer of unity, it doesn't matter. It's still the condition of the reality of what's occurring. And so it naturally could, could bring about a different circumstance and condition if that's truly you know, what we want to happen as far as that big mind. I think that's one of the challenges I've faced, or one of the things I want to solve, I guess. Writing these little, my own scriptures, if I write my own scripture, there's, there's this thing in my head that's like, well, but Heresy. God is a separate person, right? You can't speak from that divine authority from you, because you're not that divine authority. You're separate. You have to get a message from outside of you. You can't yeah. just rely on the things that come from within you, because you're different. Yeah. But so, realizing that you're not different. You are connected. Yeah. And either way is fine. You know, what are you willing to accept? Mm. And it will always, when you find that that doesn't work anymore, it will naturally bring you to a deeper understanding, a deeper uh, way about it. You know, so, so even that idea of it being within you. So, yeah, that's, that's a lot easier to get understanding and these words because it is within you. I mean, it's not someplace far off. Oh, great. <laughs> so, that's, that's a lot easier. Uh, but, you know, as far as you're willing to accept is perfectly noble and you're, you're receive the information, gain the knowledge and understanding that you need to simply bring you to the next step. And if there is no additional next step, then you won't be concerned about it. You know, this is how you see the truth as it is now. There's no desire or craving to be more and understand more. You're simply satisfied with how you are, with where you are. And that's perfectly noble. That's perfectly acceptable, regardless if it's the actual ultimate truth or not. You know, you're here to represent a very specific pattern of our understanding of what we, of what it is, you know, we we need to represent everything or or what everything is wouldn't be everything it right. wouldn't it wouldn't be all perspectives you know it, if every tree was just being a bush then how could we be all <laughs> existence of a forest that's mm. a that's a weird one but you know what i mean <laughs> so don't set an expectation of what you think you're supposed to be yeah let it be what you are. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people put that. Uh, that's what's so great about this this verse as we got into the Tao Te Ching already. Uh, live without thoughts mm -hmm. of holiness or the wiser. And in the original, uh, it actually goes into saying that people will be thousands times happier. And this does emphasize religion. And you think mm -hmm. of holiness as uh, an aspect of religion. And it, it really is in a lot of people's understanding and theory that without religion in this idea of emphasizing this war in heaven where there's good and evil, then, you know, people wouldn't be 
so depressed with their struggle with their evilness that they have inside you know it's like it's mm. a it's a if you don't know it's evil you're gonna be enjoying it you know uh, is not that i'm necessarily promoting anything i'm just you know, <laughs> saying that it's not about really what occurs because we'll find out even if everybody dies and is raped and killed and all this stuff is stolen from and everything we're all gonna end it's all gonna be done with and we'll all recognize that it was just a game that we were just mm. playing and we all agreed to everything that happened to us mm. even though that's harder to accept for those who are actually in it and it's happening too but the reality of what thinks it's happening to it will recognize it's inevitable that it awakens to itself and that consists of you know where it all came from You're yeah right. that is one thing the more i try to get into religion or finding god or spirituality i'm expecting that i will change as a person that my situation will change yeah but really i am where i am because this is where I am. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. So fundamentally, it doesn't need to change. But yeah. I can be happy in the same place I already was. Yeah. And you Hard almost, though. Yeah, no, definitely. You almost see that uh, it's, it's a specific type of motivation for you. And as we think of, we understand this motivation, oh, it means that we're going to become this holier person or be recognize or awaken this prophet within or something but it mm -hmm. actually comes and emphasizes this war in heaven even more so like as we're coming to god the devil seems more apparent and it's it's fighting and kicking and screaming attempting you not to recognize it but really it's part of the game and you're, mm -hmm. you're actually thinking you're going to something which you're not and, and you're thinking you're being fought back from that something by something else that's not there as well and it's actually both you, it's all you, and it's just what you're doing. But you have this motivation to eventually, you know, like, get to such an extreme point, you cancel out your own self. You know, it gets <laughs> so extreme that, you know, yes, that war is over because I killed myself off. Mm. You know, and that's that comes to the same conclusion. Oh, awareness and awakening to the true self. Beautiful. It doesn't matter how you get there. It really doesn't matter how you know times this idea of suicide yes we think of it as, that, as very you know whatever <laughs> i had a phone call coming through i don't know who that was <laughs> i said no color id maybe is uh oh it's this distraction trying to keep me from the truth mm. <laughs> playing the game it's hard though because as I was raised in religion and church and stuff, they always teach that you should become perfect and you're always grading your, your yeah. choices and actions and stuff. And as you become a better person, you'll be more naturally inclined to change your behavior and to do better things, yeah. to have other people validate your goodness. Be like, that guy's such a good guy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then you could put it on your resume. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it is, it's definitely uh, difficult, and but that's to say, you know, not that it's bad, not that that understanding is bad, it's that mm. what it is actually offering you is something you've developed, 
So you mm. used to think that way and make sense out of it. It was the way you were making the world. It's perfectly fine. It, it had its place. You completely agreed with it. But now, just like, you know, as we're coming to the seventh seal of existence, we're breaking through that idea in which we want to develop the universe a little differently. Yeah, we enjoyed this. We're exceeding the whole ideas that it has to offer. We're, we're exceeding all the experiences that it has. And now we're ready to explore new worlds, let's say. Mm. And it's a creation within ourselves. And it's, yes, it's all a, a dream in a sense, but that is meaning that it reflects our own mind. Wow. So the world that we see is just a reflection of what's really going on inside. Yeah, in a way, yep. But that also includes what Mark is and what Mark's mind has to offer is also a reflection of what you have in the real inside. So even the identity of the Mark character is not the real identity. Yeah, exactly. It's just one more story that the real identity has chosen to manifest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's as much of a self as any other self in the world, and it's not the true self in which, yes, you, you can't, you know, find the truth through my kingdom of heaven is within and going through this gateway over here. Uh, you can only find it through yours and going through you because of the closest aspect in which you are, this or which you agree with and believe you are, this identity in which you call Mark is, is simply it has, you know, those what is those uh, th that there's angels with shields and swords and all this stuff around guarding the tree of the knowledge of eternal life it's like mm. what are those who has swords and shields but those in war right mm. and the, so mm. that seems like that war is talking about some other place a garden outside of yourself but it's actually <laughs> talking right there within guarding the gates of heaven and it's telling you that you can die from this sword it's those that are willing to see that they can't die from the sword, that see that the tree of eternal life isn't on that side of them. They're not guarding it that side. They're guarding you in it. You are the tree of life. And then mm -hmm. it's all the perspective. You thought you were trying to get to it by thinking you're out of it, but you're recognizing that you're in it and the, the angels aren't protecting you from <laughs> getting to it but you from getting out of it. So it gets all squampy, man. You get all crazy. <laughs> well, it's like you were talking about the, the war in heaven as it still goes on is inside of ourselves. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we enjoy these movies so much that have this war in heaven of demons and and angels and stuff that right. seem to, and we're like, no, this doesn't actually happen. But if you look <laughs> within yourself, you know, you see thoughts that you find demonic and you see thoughts that you find angelic. You have good and evil thoughts and you're constantly trying to figure out what, which you should be and what you should right. do. And, and even when you get so extreme on that good side, eventually you realize that even martyrdom is better than that. So it's almost as if 
to to get so holy, you give up your own life, say, become the Antichrist, being so evil, so mm. that you can surrender, or so you can take that position for everyone else. It's like, oh, I'll mm. give up my life, I'll put myself on the cross, for so everyone else can live. Still going with this battle of it, but you went so extreme to one side and found out mm. it was the other side, and now you're making <laughs> your way back again. Uh, the, you know, it's a big circle. Stay in the center of that circle. And it's not concerned with, you know, the yin and the yang, the good and the evil, the right and the wrong, the holier and the wiser and the dumb and the evil. It's not anything like that. It's just perfection already is. It doesn't need to be achieved. It's a recognition of something that nothing can represent in its totality. Mm -hmm. But what it is in itself is perfection. Got some good words. So, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so I have this idea of the Mark character. And I'm like, well, I've got to get this Mark character out of this battle. So the way to do that is to pick a side, the right side, and then fight really hard and get the Mark character to the ultimate rightness of the rightest side. <laughs> That just keeps me going around in circles and circles. Yeah, I mean, to use the phrase of right wing, and if you just have one wing, you're all going to fly in circles. <laughs> it's not about being any one side, if you're talking about wings. But that to maintain the center is on, the only way you can go straight. And yeah, you might want to turn this way or that way, so you flap that white ring... <laughs> Right wing a little harder at this time to achieve a different direction. Mm -hmm. And you, you flap that one to, to turn left. And you might even tip them down, you know, just metaphorically speaking. But you can understand that the dance, if you were uh, this bird dancing, involves just naturally that it has nothing to do with the two wings being one better than the other, but a balance and a, a shared experience of both of them. So if you even look at the big picture of our political situations, whatever it might be, not concerned with it, is that, you know, it's, it's this dance occurring naturally of a bigger expression. Mm. So how do you become free from the war in heaven then? Do you just stop fighting at all? Mm. Well, it's not that you come to a point where you're not fighting anymore. But the fact that even if you do fight, it's not you that fights. Mm -hmm. So it's a tricky thing when you are quite literally detaching from this whole idea that you're a body, a personality, or an identification with anything. So even if it does try and go, it takes the good side and tries to get out of the, this whole war or whatever... That's perfectly noble, but it's not you that's doing that. This is you on the ride, on the journey. And I think of that Total Recall, the the original movie, where I know it's a book to Blue Sky on Mars, but uh, Total Recall with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it was it's crazy because he didn't even know for most of the movie that he's actually started that journey and uh, <laughs> you know, went on that fantasy experience. 
And it wasn't until it started, he started seeing some similarities to, yeah, he, he was told that he would do this and be this way. And, and then he's like, oh, wait a second. Is, I thought it didn't work. I thought it didn't probably happen or whatever. And it's just amazing how he, the entire time he hasn't been doing anything. <laughs> he's been watching himself and believing himself so much that he didn't even see that it was it was the story that was implanted in his brain to unfold mm -hmm. and it's the same thing in a, a sense that's occurring with our lives that we completely believe that we're this person so we're completely unaware that we're simply observing and watching this entire thing that's already written out and comes to mm -hmm. the same ending is unfolding step by step perfectly in every single fashion that it's intended to to be it's amazing so this war that we perceive is just it's a story we're watching we can't really die yeah or get hurt yeah we don't have anything at stake so that's <laughs> that's where a good example would be that most spiritual people that they, they develop this this spiritual ego kind of an idea that they think mm -hmm. they're in the war and they need to get out of it so they then surrender their arms and and choose not to fight as if mm -hmm. they are the body that has arms you know <laughs> still retaining that identity yeah instead of recognizing there's an aspect to them that is completely above the battleground outside of the war completely all the mm -hmm. time perfectly safe at home same place it's always been and that it's not a, a matter of what the body does if it's in war or not it doesn't matter if it's a spiritual ego that puts down its arms or is the one killing and cutting kids heads off mm. you know as gruesome as it is to the definition of the body which i you know don't condone at all it's it's the idea and the recognition that there is something beyond all holiness of the body and sinfulness of the body so we don't need to change what the body is doing it's just our understanding that we are not the body we're just watching the story yeah now as it's a reflection of what is occurring in your consciousness as far as that big mind you're fine that as you come to this awareness of the source within yourself of this kingdom of heaven that it would naturally be a reflection in the world of a kingdom of heaven. So the war, as you end the war within of thinking there's good and evil, it will end in the war world as well, in your reflection. So it's not about achieving that because that in itself negates itself. So you're actually going to that center position and not concerned with what your body's going to be doing. And it would naturally not have any of those things to do anymore. So you're naturally fine that your expression of your body and the others around you become loving naturally because that's the essence of what the kingdom of heaven is but not because you see it as being good versus evil yeah it's not like that idea of loving is a lack of ability to define it that doesn't mean it has an opposite of hatred mm -hmm. you know that that definition of loving is impartial or is partial <laughs> the the definition i'm using is impartial and it really doesn't I, I don't like using it often because of that that 
you know, as we're trying to define love, which is the actual essence of what we are and can't be defined, it attempts to make up ways of understanding and saying, oh, love is conducive to you, you being happy and enjoying things. Yes, it is, but not in the <laughs> also, not in the experience of having an opposite where you don't enjoy things and you hate things and people. So it's a labyrinth and you know that way to liberation is is involves that training of recognizing where is this labyrinth and what is the difference between turning right and turning left or up and down you know it has nothing to do with what the body's doing but how this consciousness is thinking and I'm not referring to mark Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> it's a training. It's a process then. <laughs> yeah, well, in a in a way, yes, as you're doing it. But really it's this unfolding, unfolding of a script already written with success at its end. Right. Cause most I mean most of the religion that I've been taught my whole life is this mark identity is going to go to heaven for being rewarded for doing good or go to hell for you know being punished for its evilness mm. so to it, it, I've always been trained to hold on to that idea that identity of the mark and have to do yeah. that mark man you really got to get that mark doing the right thing <laughs> yeah it's hard to let it go <laughs> yeah I got into this and um, my last statute of the divinely the, of the divinely realized and number nine, it's we believe in all religious beliefs. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's it's amazing because if you think about it in this fashion, that's oh, let's think about it in this fashion. You know, you've been given free will to choose. Now we think that has something to do with this world. Right. But the free will to choose is determines what kingdom you're going to go to, right? Let's just yeah. In, in, you know, yeah. So that free will to choose isn't actually on what you do as in the actions of your body, but it's if you see yourself as a body. So that free will is actually, you're, you have free will to choose what kingdom you believe is real. And you're going to naturally, as you die, go into an experience that you believe is real. So the entire mm -hmm. time, if you think it's about the body, you naturally go into a bodily experience because you've always been a body. So your attempts to actually find this free will is the decision on what kingdom you want to go into. And that's to say that in all our alternate universes, you know, that guy's going to go to his definition of heaven. You're going to go to your definition of heaven. That person over there is going to go to their definition of heaven. Mm -hmm as that training and that person in comparison to yours might be hell that type of a <laughs> heaven over there that that guy has an idea of hell not heaven but to them it's heaven you know and that's the free will to choose what alternate universe in the reflection of what you are is actually choosing so i mean if it's a definition of bodies and has bodies and maybe superhuman abilities and whatever you choose you're going to naturally go into that and you have an extremity of that as well before the last judgment 
which is a determination again, well, did you enjoy that extremity from your separation <laughs> extremity of this one? And then you'll be able to choose, you know, well, no, I, I kind of like it, like maybe not so much that much and not so much this much and pieces, and you have a last judgment of what you've chosen, not what mm. you're necessarily doing because you're not actually the body that's choosing. So that gets trippy. So then you could learn to be happy in any situation. Yes. Even in hell. Someone's hell you could be happy in. Yeah. I mean, if you have a habit of finding hell and everything and how miserable (sighs) life is and everything, so you're just naturally going to, regardless of what situation you go into, you're going to a place that you're going to have that same habit of thinking. You know, oh, yeah, wow, golden paved roads, man, these suck. They're always blinding me, the light <laughs> shining from them, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you you naturally find hell in heaven, so it doesn't matter. But really, that's there's, what... well, really, there's such an alternate, such an array of infinity options of alternate universes. Everyone's definition of heaven that they really feel worthy of is there and it might be layers of heaven it might be seven degrees of glory it might be three maybe you know it's all there and just like this one just like reality right now as we think of a body actually happening we will actually think that's happening too it'll just be more story of the the mark character yeah it's an extended version of this and say this is a dream that would be uh-huh. a form of a happy dream but it's only extension into additional realities. It's still just one more step on the journey of awakening. Yeah, coming to know all the options of the totality of options. Just experiencing all possibilities and stuff. Yeah. Uh, what that is, which is experiencing all possibilities, is that which is the original idea of having an existence and that being as my term the son of god christ and it looks about on god which is so infinite it's nearly nothing if not nothing at all and asks itself what is it you know there's no other thoughts you've never been a body you've never been a soul never been any experience you have nothing to look at you don't see anything and you look out you have no existence, no thoughts, and you just wonder. And that wondering, you know, begat everything. That wondering, mm-hmm. oh, I am. Now what am I? <laughs> and the first thing that saw was light. In that question, oh, there's a light. Not a presence outside of itself. That's what it is. You know, it begat light simply by the question. That implies that you exist already. What am I? Or what is God? And now there's the eons of analyzing all this experience of what it could be. You know, seeing this light and possible fluctuations in its rays of light. And the different variations and dimensions, which is different angles of looking at it through different types of eyes and variations and so on and so on infinity of eternity to learn the answer to that question 
yeah. who is God. And to say it in that fashion, that implies the tenth dimension, which is the end, which is some would say eleventh dimension, that knows what God is already. So it's already written now. This is every possibility, all options. But to that first dimension, which is mm -hmm. between the zeroth dimension and the existence of a existence, <laughs> a line between two points, is the creation of everything. So it's already done, and it's only beginning. <laughs> and every degree and variation in between. The constant evolvingness of it. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I'm trying to learn to just accept to get into the flow of it all. Just accept the flow. Not criticize or judge, not say it's right or wrong or good or bad, but just to flow with it. Yeah, flow with it. And that whole idea, like, uh, the first existence of a self, which you recognize, of not, not just the presence of Christ, which would be an intelligence, but the first example of a self as in, in a position, as in a ray, it first saw these rays of light, and the first ray of light was considered Michael, Archangel Michael. And in that position of Christ, uh -huh. the original essence, and Michael created the world. It is through that experience of Christ's original self as in a position of a, of a soul body was this Archangel Michael. And then it developed its additional ideas mm -hmm. and additional presences and positions of its glory to develop this holographic universe of this world and everything in it to represent that and then that begat eons when we're talking eons of this condition of of peace and holiness and love of just just developing ideas and then it was through that idea of opposition in its own self took about this idea of having a negative version of itself oh crap i just realized what time it was Okay, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> gotta get those secrets some other time. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but you see that in in this way, I agree that the Mormon Church has the most information of all churches, but I would say it's as partial in its knowledge as any other church. But it, it does have you know a little bit understanding that once you can put all the churches together and all their theories and understandings then you have the recognition of of really what all they have been saying in part in whole <laughs> right so all righty <laughs> that, that went by pretty quick for me Jeez. thanks Mark. Yeah, man. <laughs> thank you all for being here and tuning in if you have any questions or want to learn out more information Please inquire me at openandclear at gmail.com and we can focus on these questions some other time. Uh, yeah. Have a beautiful day. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Bye-bye now. <laughs>